A baby is not a doll. <laughs> a baby is not a toy. If you're a teenage mother, your child could be your gift. Your child can become your reason why if you let it. Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. In this series, we've been talking to Charlene, a mom and now a grandmother. My name is Dr. Bola Sogadi. I'm the host of this public education podcast. I'm a women's health specialist, a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, and a family physician. So, Charlene, you know, you bring up so many important points. And, you know, uh, as we're talking about, you know, community organizations, programs, and initiatives that can help teenage moms. And I even look at if we turn to religion, you know, if there's a church, there has to be a critical number of teenagers. You know, it can't just be one or two teenagers. There has to be a critical number. And if a religious group does not have that, maybe they can work with other situations, maybe like a Lions Club or something like that, Mm-hmm. That is an initiative started by that religious organization that they see that, listen, we don't have uh, a critical number of teenagers or we don't have enough teenage activities. And we do have teenagers. Who can we partner with that we will take them, you know, our teenagers to be a partner of this group? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because yes. I tutor girls in in an impoverished area of town. And Mm. you brought up another issue. How about girls that are not in an impoverished area and still need the same help? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I know that uh, being a mother of three and two two girls, I've always wondered about that. Why is it that there are so many, because when I look, I can find opportunities for, because I've done it. I'm like, I need my daughters involved in something. I need this. I need that. But then when I would go research, there would be stipulations. And a lot of times it's a monetary stipulation to whether or not my daughters can join these things. And even my youngest daughter, who's now 16, I looked at earlier on, I looked at things for her. And the closest thing from middle Georgia, because we're currently in middle Georgia, was a place in metro Atlanta that met the type of criteria that I was looking for for her. Because this particular organization focused on building young women up to be young women. They talked to them about college. They gave them exposure to different activities, to different places, to different careers. They talked to them about etiquette. They talked to them about dating. And then it was women that did it that were not so far removed from them in age. So there was relatability and women that they can look up to and admire that wasn't necessarily a family member that was trying to tell them what to do. So I think having 
organizations that reached out to our girls before they reached teenage pregnancy stage. There will always be teenage pregnancy. I hate to say that, there will. So you want to be able to, um, my prayer is that we have organizations that can reach our girls, especially here in middle Georgia, before they get pregnant, to help them have that self-esteem, to help them see a future. And then also organizations, if we do have teenage mothers, to help them to really sit down with them and talk to them about prenatal care, talk to them about what is it like when you first bring that baby home? I remember my daughter, we got her the book, baby's first six months, our first, you know, those baby books. <laughs> so we got her some of those and so that she would know what to expect because you don't know what you don't know. And a baby is not a doll. <laughs> a baby is not a toy. So, um, so to have organizations that help to prepare them for motherhood, but also help prepare them that life doesn't have to stop. You want to put yourself in a position where you can continue school. So how do you do that? Where can I get free babysitting? Where can I get, you know, schooling? What can I do? What are my options out there? So I think resources that are publicized better, because there may be some things out there, but if they're not publicized well, nobody knows about them. Wow. Wow. I mean, thank you so much for this. And we're going to do some more research and and put on our website. And I know you are, you know, a very educated woman. You've done your research. So we'll also do some research and see if there's some resources that we can put out there for people in which, you know, the stipulations apply to different people. And it's not just a restrictive set of stipulations. Thank you for just bringing up that very important point. Thank you. You know, just moving on, how would you say your relationship with your daughter has evolved through this experience? And I'm sure both of you have learned some lessons and she's still young. She's still learning. But how is the relationship? How has it evolved? You know? Actually, our relationship, I would say is better. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's better. Uh, I think it's better from two aspects. It's better from the aspect of me recognizing that she is an individual, that I cannot mandate her to do something, that she is going to make her own choices. And for me to respect her choice, I don't have to like them, but I have to respect them because they are her choices. So, and for her, like I stated earlier, she's told her dad and I, thank you, that she's grateful for us. So I think for her being in the position of being a parent, she understands the struggle of parenthood and the self-denial that you have to have as a parent and that the choices that you make for your child, even though her child is still young, she knows that the choices that she make for him are for his good. And so now she knows that the choices that we were making for her were for her good. So on both ends, with her dad and myself, Uh, the relationship is better. It's better. Wow. 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 You know, and as we're rounding up, 
you know, I just want to say I'm grateful to you for coming and sharing your life experience. You're going to be helping a lot of people. You brought a lot of things up that we're going to work on as a foundation and try to bring some things to the middle Georgia area. Some gaps that were not even apparent to us. And we're going to try to bring this. You know, I have maybe three more questions for you as we round up. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Can you talk about some of the successes, okay, your daughter has achieved since becoming a teenage mother that you are particularly proud of? I mean, you talked about her becoming a good mom, just unfolding from this teenager mm-hmm. that got pregnant to now such a great mother. Yes. Um, I tell her all the time, I said, you're 21 years old. At 21, you have your own car in your name. You have your own apartment in your name, a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. You have a job that's well above minimum wage that's full-time, that's your job. You support your son on your own. You take care of him. He goes to daycare, a great daycare. You know, and luckily during the COVID time to be funded by the government because they made special stipulations that worked out. But she is carrying her weight all on her own. Like I say, her father and I would help when necessary, but she's doing it on her own. So I think that's a great success story for a 21-year-old. I do. I go, that's a lot of stress for a 21-year-old, but you're doing it. And I think I attribute that to her love for her son. And she says it's what we showed her. It's what we showed her. So I think that's that's a great success story. She she has plans for the future. It's going to take time, but she's going to do it. She's going to do it. So, yeah, her having her own car, her apartment. And a full-time job. She's doing great. Wow, wow. You know, in your opinion, right, what misconceptions or stereotypes about teenage mothers would you like to dispel through your family's story? I think I want to dispel the notion that teenage mothers are all on welfare. (laughs) Teenage mothers just want the government to take care of them. Teenage mothers don't want to do that. Teenage mothers are going to have more and more and more babies. I think that's a a misconception. I think that my daughter proves it is. She only has one child. He's three. He'll be four next year. She, like I stated just now, she takes care of him and her. She works hard. She's a very hard worker. So I think the misconception that it's the end when you become a teenage mother, that life is over. Life is not over. Life is not over. As long as you have a desire, as long as you want to do something, as long as you want to be successful, you can make it happen no matter what obstacle is in your way. So if you're a teenage mother, your child could be your gift. It can be your reason why. You know, a lot of books talks about what is your reason why. Your child can become your reason why if you let it. 
He can be your the horizon, the thing that you seek to make great. Yeah, I think being a single mother is not the end. Being a teenage mother is not the end. Wow. Well, and you know, what advice would you give to, to the dad of the single moms, you know, as a coping mechanism? You're lucky you're celebrating over 20 something years of marriage. You have a, a good husband, a good father to your children. Not everybody has that. What advice would you give to maybe a single dad that found out that his teenage daughter is pregnant? You know, how can they cope with this situation from from a man's point of view? And you have the advantage of saying that because you have a husband that dealt with that. (laughs) Because the men have emotions, I'm going to tell you. They have a lot of emotions. <laughs> I would say to any male that, whether married or single, that has a teenage daughter that becomes pregnant, to make sure you reach out for help. Make sure you find those men that you can vent to, that you can talk to, that can relate to you, that can give you good, sound advice away from your emotions. You may need to do counseling. Your spouse is not going to be your sounding board. I will tell you that. Because my husband and I were not good sounding boards for each other during this. We were not. We should not have been sounding off with each other because it became arguments. Because mothers tend to get in protective mode. And we want to protect our children. And sometimes men just need to vent. So they need to have that freedom to do it. So I would say to the men out there, If you have a good male support system, use them. If you don't, find one. (laughs) Find a good support system, whether it's counseling, whether it's your minister, whether it's people at church. But make it trustworthy people that are going to be able to listen to you, let you go off, let you sound off, and then they will give you good sound advice. So I think that's the thing. Also, with your daughter, give her grace. Because I think what happens with the fathers, they no longer see their little girl. They see this woman and they see this woman doing life the way that they don't want them to do it. So I think, um, yeah, watch your words, (laughs) give grace. And she still is your little girl. She still is. She just grew up a little quicker than you wanted her to, but she's still your little girl. Wow. Through laughter, through tears, through pain, you've told your story. And I pray that this story will help people, you know. I mean, thank God you do have, you know, a good outcome, you know. And being in my profession for so long, I've seen even teenage pregnant moms that didn't make it, you know, mm-hmm. and families that were just torn apart, violence, all kinds of things. Yes. And so, you know, I'm definitely grateful to you for sharing your story from your heart. And I pray that this helps somebody, some family, some person, some teenage woman out there 
So in closing, I want you to tell us two things. Something that you do for fun outside of being a Gigi, outside of being <laughs> a mom, a mom of three kids and a wife, something you do for fun. And also on this topic, one closing remark that you want to leave us with for our listeners on this topic about teenage pregnancy and teenage mom from the point of view of the mother of a teenage mom. So you got two things. <laughs> okay. The first thing is I hang out with my girlfriend sometimes just to go out for a drink or go to dinner and just laugh. A lot of laughter is a good thing. I like to watch comedies, <laughs> goofy comedies. So laughter, I laugh a lot. That helps and hang out with my girlfriends. Uh, uh. And then yeah. the second thing was, you know, just overall comment on this topic that you want to leave our listeners with. Okay. I think I want to leave the listeners with what I shared for the dads, that it's not the choice that we want for our daughters to be teenage mothers, but it, if it happens to you in your life and your daughter becomes a teenage mother, even if teenage mothers are listening to this podcast, what I want to share is it's not the end. There will be hard times. There will be struggles, but you can make it if you focus, if you have a higher power that you believe in God, if you are prayerful, if you have a good community, if you don't and you have to do it on your own and you see your child, let your child be your inspiration. You know, like I stated, I believe, I truly believe that my grandson is my daughter's saving grace, that he gives her reason to not be out there, you know, making irrational choices, to be out there, to be self-destructive. He stops her from doing that. So being a teenage mother can be a great thing if you allow it to be. You don't want to be a teenage mother. I don't think anybody wants to be a teenage parent at all. But if it just happens in your world, if it happens to you, don't give up life on it. Don't don't focus on the negative. Focus on the possibilities. There's a lot of possibilities out there for teenage mothers. Like I stated earlier, when I first started speaking, I'm from a family of teenage mothers. I just was not a teenage mother because I had to adopt. But my mom was a teenage mother and she raised eight kids who were all successful, all successful, never been to jail. You know, most of us college educated. So and then I have sisters that went on three sisters that were teenage mothers. So in that four sisters, actually teenage mothers out of six girls, so only two of us were not teenage mothers. The other four were. And honestly, the other four, when I look at our lives, the accomplishments that were made, they had more accomplishments, you know? So because they had a reason. So I think being a teenage mother, like I stated, we don't want that. But if it happens, you can make great things happen. So just focus in life. Life is what you make it, and you can make it amazing. You really can. I just want to thank you so very much for coming on this podcast and just sharing your life and your experiences with us. Thank you so very much for your time. 
Thank you. This has been great. Thank you for allowing me to share. I look back at some of the days, I'm like, I don't know how we made it that day, but we made it. It was some rough days, but God is amazing. I mean, you talked about even self-image. That is a big deal with teenagers. Yes, it's a lot. It's a lot. but And I do hope that it it can help somebody. And I think realness, because you know me, I'm always about the real. So many of our girls are going through so much, and it's like they need to know that people can understand and that they don't expect perfection. This, This is what I know. There's a great need for a lot for our children. Because, you know, they have a lot of stuff for young elementary children. Mm-hmm. They even have stuff for middle schoolers. But when it comes to those teenage years, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of time they get dropped. They expect them to be there. No, they still need assistance. Yes. So yeah. how do we help them? They're like, that's my mama talking to me. No. No, I'm coming back a billionaire. <laughs> 